different ways and different, it's not always a sexual thing, which is what people most times think this temptation comes in the summertime when clothes is getting a little skanky and desires are up there. But temptation is just anything that pulls you out of God's will to cause you to act on it, to cause you to sin. Temptation is not a sin. Temptation, you're not exempt from that, never. Everyone gets to feel that. Jesus Christ went through it. He came out victorious to show us that we as well can. When Pastor Rick talked about temptation he encountered with the enemy, the enemy presented things to Jesus Christ. He could have just yielded to it, agreed to it, and been out of God's will, but he resisted it. And he could have waved his hand and disappeared and shrunk the devil down to dust, but he showed us the human part of him to show that we too can be victorious. All right, so I have our, you know I love definitions, so... Um, Uriah, can you put up the definition of temptation? To desire something, especially something wrong or unwise. The Latin word temptare, for to feel, try out, attempt to influence, test. So my text is going to come from Genesis. And this um, passage is going to show you how the enemy gets access to you through temptation. We're going to start with chapter 1, verse 3. I'm going to just skip around, not reading every verse, just to show you. Verse 3, God said. Verse 4, God saw. 5, God called. 6, God said. 9, God said. 10, God called. 11, God said. God said. God said. God said. God said. Verse 26, and God said, let us make men in our image. After our likeness, and let them have dominion over the flesh, the fish, and the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cow, over the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Now, with knowing that, you would think that we would know that we are angels of God. We represent who God is. There's no question that all this was before we showed up, but God created us, meaning took something out of nothing and made it into something that represented who he was in his likeness. Now skip over to three. This is where the, the Eve gets tempted. Now, if I was to set the stage in my own imagination, I'm thinking that Eve is by herself desiring the fruit that God had told her not to eat from. That's why the enemy came her way. He saw her. She saw the fruit was good. I'm sure she wasn't there for two minutes. It's ironic that she's at a place where she shouldn't be. The Bible says that God said, don't even touch the tree. You'll die not just eating it. If you touch the tree by itself, now the desire is not the sin. Now, the enemy enticed her with the invitation. He says, yay. <laughs> Have God said you should not eat of the tree of the garden? And she rebuttals. She says, well, he says we can't even touch it. We can't even eat it. He says, well, the reason he told you that is because your eyes will be open and you'll be like God's. And she said, yeah, that sounds good. Let me get a bite. But clearly, from Genesis 1, verse 3, all the way to 26, he already made you like a God. He created. He made. He saw. He divided. He, did, he placed this. He put that. It stayed here. Then let's make him like us. This is where the access comes in. <laughs> so when he presented her with an invitation of the desire, she yielded to it. And God clearly told her. So when he 
when she went on the eight and shared it with Adam, that's a whole nother story. And um, God came looking for Adam and Eve through the cool of the day, asked Adam, where are you? Adam said, I hid. Why did you hide? I'm naked. Who told you you were naked? In our conversations, not once did we talk about nakedness. That's not our language. How do you come across with this kind of talk when that's not what we even talk about, ever? I have that experience with Noah. We were watching something, and he didn't want to watch it, and Noah says, I don't want to watch that. Mom is lame. I said, lame? We don't even say that in the house. Who are you talking to to know to say lame? So I understand in a parent way that the influence came in, but it wasn't for, my, for our family. That's not how we talk. So when we tell you no one is exempt, um, Hebrew 2 and 8. I lost your eye, honey. All right. Hebrew 2 and 8. King James Version. I'll start reading. For in <laughs> tech guy. For in him he himself suffered being tempted. He is able to succor, which means assist and support in times of hardship and distress them that are tempted. Desire comes to everybody. Desire, desire ungoverned by God is what causes us to sin. Ungoverned is not regulated, not subjected. It can be unrestrained. It could be wild. So it's not so much the desire comes, it's resisting the desire. Resisting and testing comes. We all have to get tested. You're not tested 24 hours a day. Imagine going to school, class one-on-one test. Every day you walk in, it's a test. All day it's a test. You go home just to be tested. It's not how it is. And resisting the enemy is the key. And you resist the enemy through your prayers, through accountability. You know you shouldn't be somewhere. Don't be there. And if you're going to have to go there, have someone have your back. This isn't a walk that you walk by yourself. This week in the news, we've heard enough of all that's been going on with people we never thought would just take their lives because by themselves they felt they were fighting a battle. And you can, you, can, you can have it all. You can have it all. Cars, houses. We always feel God just a little bit more money. My husband and I laugh. We always ask each other, you happy? I'm happy. You happy? What would make you happy? Just a little more money. Because <laughs> you feel that's freedom. That's great. But with that comes consequences, comes things. So things are not what fulfill you or make you happy. Now, I believe the biggest problem that we have in this world with people is not knowing who they are in God. Eve clearly didn't know who she was in God. For her to know that he created everything she sees, she still wanted more. The little thing he said not to touch, she created desire for that, which was fine. Desire all day. Don't touch it, Eve. I don't even want you touching it because you'll die just touching it. But she went a step further, touched it and ate it. And the consequence still came. And then you want to share that. So you're all part of corruption, part of destruction. And here we are. Which I mean. <laughs> so 1 Corinthians 10 and 13. NIV. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not leave you tempted beyond what you can bear. When you're tempted, he also provides a way of escape. God tests. The enemy tempts. The enemy tempts you in order to sin against God. In doing so, he can gain access to you to change the course of your life. God allows you to be led into temptation to be tested. Temptation tests quality, integrity of your faith, and devotion to God. Temptation tests the quality and integrity of your faith and devotion to God.
found it interesting when I read Genesis chapter 1. It was verse 27. And we always feel like, why didn't God warn Eve? Why didn't she warn Adam? There was a lurking, creeping creature trying to beguile them to take this earth down to corruption and destruction. And he did. They were, I'm, let me show you. It says here, chapter 20, <laughs> chapter 26. He said, let's make man our own image after our likeness. Move down to where it says dominion. And he says here, follow the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. To creep is to move slowly and carefully, especially in order to avoid being heard or noticed. Is that not the devil? Amen. Though he did not give us the knowledge of good and evil, he did give us his word, which was all we need. What drives me crazy with my kids is if I say, don't do that. Why, mom? Just listen. That's all I ask you to hear my voice and trust my voice. Because if you don't hear God or trust him or believe him, you can't obey. So know who you are in God. Know who you are in God in order to hear what he's saying to you. Okay. We, are, we were created in God's image. For God to say, you're going to be like me, you are like me. And for the enemy to even dress that up and say, well, you'll be like God's. She should have said, yeah, I know. He told us that. But instead, her desire superseded his, her obedience to God. For an apple, It could have been anything. It could have been anything. It could have been, it could have been anything. You just represented my obedience. God has given us something the devil doesn't have. Creative power, our words. And God showed us through the whole chapter with me, this is what we can do. By ourselves, we don't have the strength. Alone, we can't do this by ourselves. But in God, he gives us the ability. He gives us the supernatural creative power. I remember, was that the secret? When the secret, the whole, that, that secret, the book was on Oprah? Oh, my God, I fell for that. Because people said, <laughs> my bank account went from zero to a million. I just kept putting stickies on my ceiling, laying down, saying, I will be a millionaire. I'll be a millionaire. And in a year, I was a millionaire. And people were really, and things were happening because your words create. God has given us that creative power. The enemy, the enemy, exactly. The enemy has not, does not have that. He's an influencer. He's a, he uses you to be his puppet. You have the creative power. Therefore, he uses you to create for him. So when he has access to who you are, then he can use you to be who he is. He's a dead spirit. He doesn't exist. If I had a piece of paper and laid it down, it's nothing. If I put my hand up the paper, I give it life. That's how you see the enemy. He's powerless. His influence can be strong because he's going to constantly test. And the thing with testing, sometimes people think I'm being tested. That pulls me that I'm far from God because I'm being tested. Contrary, Jesus Christ was tested right before the cross. He was so much closer to God than we were. He's laying his life down for humanity. So being tested, don't be discouraged thinking I'm somewhere I shouldn't be for being tested. Absolutely not. Allow yourself to endure, resist, and be strong in God in order to win that test. Because his job is to pull you out so far that you can't find your way back. Yeah. And there's nothing in between you and God. His love is forever. God loves, God loves everybody. God loves everybody no matter what you do. And I tell, when I speak to young people, God loves a serial killer as much as he loves a Christian. His love is boundless, it's unconditional, and it's hard for us to know that because as human beings, you do me wrong, I'm going to like you today. 
I'm going to love you when I get over it next week. But that's not how God's love is. It continues. It doesn't stop. He loves you more, not more today, not more yesterday. He loved me as much not being a Christian as when I came to Christ. So being tested, and if you're pulled out of God for the moment, there's no not turning back. You can't be so far that he can't bring you back in. Jesus died for it all, for everything. There's nothing you can do that says that it's too far away from God. Now, this is, where, this is where he gained it all. The enemy gained access by tempting you to yield to doubt and unbelief. There is power in knowing who you are. Do not allow your desires to allow yourself to believe his lies. Him coming to Eve to tell Eve, I can't get over it, that's what I'm still talking about. To tell Eve, <laughs> if you eat of this apple, you'll be like God's. We are like God. We are God-like. That was what he chose. Wow. We could have had six heads, five arms. Apparently, the image is not this. God has us the way we has us because we're like him. Yes. Now, us being who we are today, we're trying to gain that back to where we originally were because the devil perverted what we are, and he allowed, we allowed that perversion to come in because our desires were stronger than our obedience. Wow. wow. Okay. Now. Proverbs 18 and 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Now the enemy, this is eight, um, John 8, 44b, NIV. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. For the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native tongue. For he is a liar and the father of lies. A father is the bearer of seed. You don't want to take his seed, nurture it, to allow it to grow in your life. Because you allow yourself to believe his lies. You want no parts of the devil. Not even an ounce. I don't care how pretty he dresses it up. He's nothing good in him. All he desires to do is to bring you down and take you out. It's a war for your soul all day long. There's things we can't see in the spiritual realm. Thank God. I don't think we can handle what's going on. We just have to trust God, knows what he's doing, and we have to trust to be in God and to hear his voice. This was a rough, not, I won't say roughly for me, but just being the news. Um, I love cooking. I do. And I love my chefs. My husband will tell you every year for anniversary, what do you want, honey? I want to go to a restaurant. <laughs> what do you want? I'm go to a restaurant. It's not just any restaurant I want to go to. I want to find a chef. Who's the hot chef? Let's find where his restaurant. We're going to go to his restaurant. So even hearing this week with the suicide with Kate Spade, who I didn't know, um, like that stuff, but when I heard that Anthony Bourdain took his life, it kind of rocked me because for when I followed who he was and um, I loved his style, I loved who he was, I even told my husband, he's so confident, he's so sure of who he is, and to hear that he took his life really kind of confused me and it bothered me and I just didn't. Understand. I, I, I can say he wasn't a Christian, but to me, it just brings me back to knowing that there's nothing this world could offer you that can fulfill you to the point of every. I mean, I've had nothing. I've had some things. It doesn't matter what I have. It depends who I'm in, because not being in Christ keeps you wondering and questioning. With all his success, he still felt there wasn't something that was complete in him. And it wasn't in the travel, wasn't, he was on his way to, 
he was in France to make another show. More shows, you're well known, you're writing books, you're a celebrity, but that still wasn't enough for the man to wake up one morning and not want to be here bothered me. And that's how I feel where Eve was. You were Where you were, your environment, as successful as it looked, it was beautiful, it was heaven, and you can still question who you are and allow a lie to come in. And you believed the lie because the desire was so strong, and when you saw how unfulfilled you were because you received a lie, you see where you are. You're naked, you're ashamed, you're hiding from God? Now, James 4 and 7, submit therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. I'm going to read it a different way because I like, you know, I like my definitions, I told you. Submit in the lexicon means to place rank under. So we could say, place rank under, therefore to God. So no, how, no matter how big you are, how small you are, you're going to place it where God is. So if you're down here, you bring it up. If you're up there, you bring it down. But it's got to be in God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. To flee means to run away, often from danger, to hurry towards a place of security. So if I resist him, he's running from danger because I place my rank under God. Who does he see when I'm resisting? He sees God. Yes, amen. He doesn't see me when I'm resisting. He won't keep coming back. But if I place my rank under God, that's who he sees. I'm standing behind God. I place whoever I am, whether I'm the president, whether I'm the lowly person. If I put myself where God is, I win. I win. I win. Second Corinthians 12 9. I'm laughing at these scriptures because my husband told me, give me the scriptures, give me the, give me the version. I'm like, oh, yeah, I got it, I got it. He's like, Ray, you didn't give me the version. I'm like, oh, I got fine. Ray, you forgot this version. I'm like, you know, Noah, Noah, you just messing me up. So I'm laughing. I'm telling you what the, the version, I'm like thinking my husband yelling at me. Okay. Second Corinthians 12 and 9, New Living Translation. This, is, this, this was my prayer today. Each time he said, my grace is all you need, my power works best in weakness, so now I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. Amen. I don't have a problem saying I can't do something. Amen. That is my problem. Because when I can do something, I tell my husband I can't do it so I don't do it. Or I hide behind my children. And, and this is my year of yes, God, so I'm going to be obedient and do what I feel. <laughs> this is my yes, God. Ricard, Pastor Ricardo laughed at me that he said, yeah. you're not saying yes, you're saying yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to say yes. <laughs> So in that, and I think it's just a humbling to know that when you feel you've got it all, you really don't. And it's all right, and it's okay, and it's not a problem. Because I use my husband as, as an example. When he met me, you couldn't tell me I wasn't the strong black woman. I don't need you to pay my bills. I got it. I don't need you to buy my clothes. I pay my own rent. I'm good. And he would always tell me, but there's no room for me. And I understand what he's saying. But when I really allowed myself to submit under my husband, I stop, cross the street, looking. When I drive, I'm not even paying attention because I know he's there. And I trust his leading. And I know he's going to keep me safe. And it's not that I don't have the ability to do those things on my own. But because this is who he's in my life, I don't have a problem. I'll jump, he'll catch me. Right, honey? (laughs) So that's what God looks for us, our dependability. 
He doesn't come to you where you're strong. Why does he need to be there? There's no room for him. He comes to you where you're weak because he knows what this world brings and what it gives us and what we have to go through. He's a loving father. He's not out to, for you to fail. No, he wants you to win because you're winning. It's him winning. Yes. We're a good representative, representative of Christ when he, people see our victory. I can't, one thing I had a hard time when I came to Christianity. I would join the church and then you meet the sweetest people, but they're just sweet. They don't have nothing. And it just never seemed attractive to me. I'm like, well, okay, church is okay, but where's the victory? Because out there, they're doing it. And you want to go out there where you feel people are winning. You don't, that's nice, they're happy, but you're broke. You ain't got nothing. You don't. I get it. But God is God. Christ, Jesus Christ, King of Kings. People say, well, he came down, he was, yeah, but he had a good job. He was a carpenter. Don't sleep. Okay, don't sleep. That was a good profession. That was a good profession. He chose to lay the, that, the material things down, but he had a good job. He left a good job. He was, he was known. His family was known. Am I wrong, honey? Okay. Okay, so let's not take, get it twisted because we don't take all the victory and, and Christ, and Christ and represent who God is and think that the appearance of not having anything is a good representative of God. It's not. We need good mental state. We need the spiritual spirituality. My finances to be right. We need to be complete in God. He's given us that. Anywhere where you see it doesn't mirror God, the enemy has access to that. You got to work on that. Find the scriptures that combat that. Because that's not, I can't, no, I cannot go witness to people and they don't see Christ. I get the spiritual aspect of something different about you. You got to glow. That's nice. That, makeup can do that. <laughs> okay, we need to have it where we show victory in Christ, and it's not to be perfect by all means. Have a struggle, talk about your struggle, but tell someone how you got out. And if you're not out of it yet, tell them the progress you're going through because the scriptures work, the word is real. The word is real. James 4 was 2 Corinthians 12 and 9. The New um, Living Translation. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. The enemy is an imitator. He does not create, he perverts. We all have our own definition of pervert. We relate it to all the stuff. Pervert alters something from its original course, meaning or state to distortion or corruption of what was first intended. The devil's a pervert, okay? He perverts, he alters something from its original course, meaning or state to distortion or corruption of what was first intended. Yea, God has said, if you eat not of the tree of the garden, and the reason he said that is because you'll be like God's Eve. Yeah, we'll be like God's. But the way he distorted that and switched it and turned it, and she believed the lie that didn't appear to be a lie because God said something like that. Be clear on what God is saying. Yes. Yes. If you're not clear on what God is saying, yeah. you leave access and room for the enemy to bring in a lie. And he's good at it. Yeah. He was, he's a father of lies. Yeah. He's chief liar. He knows how to say it. He knows what you like. He knows how you like it to look. He'll dress it up real pretty. Yeah. And he'll present it to you. And if you the desires 
are higher than your obedience, you're lost. You're lost. Don't find yourself in that place. I get mad because I'm like, you curse the enemy, but why still got to walk this out? Purge, purge, purge. <laughs> no, this, is, this, is, this, is, uh, this is a challenging day. And I think that, like I spoke to Pastor Rick today, the days are getting darker and our light should be getting brighter. And he's given that, he's put that in our hands. And it's time for us to not lay back and be so casual and think God got it. God got it. God's already in heaven. We're trying to make it there. But he doesn't want us to come alone. He wants the family back. And he's after the family. But as strong as we're fighting, the enemy is fighting just as strong or more. He's not everywhere. He doesn't see all things. But he studies. He studies us. He studies humanity. He's been here a long time to know how we tick. There's nothing new. Ecclesiastic says there's nothing new under the sun. It's the same old thing. It may be a different generation. It's the same old problems. Amen. Amen. When I talk to my kids, we're like, well, we didn't have that problem. It's like, yeah, it just looked like this, but it was the same issues. Yeah. It may not be technology, but remember arcade games. That was an addiction. Yeah. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. yeah. I remember the arcade games. People would not go to school in the, in the quarters out of their pockets for hours playing it. And that's my kids. And I have to pay attention to that's my kids. <laughs> but this is, this is an hour where God is telling us, the temptation is strong, but the victory is ours. Stay in prayer. Stay accountable with one another. If you're having a low day, don't always feel because church people want to be in your business. I can't tell. You don't have to give details. I need prayer. I need a phone call. I need a lift up because people can't be going through this. The enemy has his crew. You think he walks alone? And we're the body of Christ. We need to come together and be a one. And we have that problem of collaborating, coming together because of our differences. We all share the same blood, the blood of Jesus. It's all the same. We cut the same. We bleed the same. We do. That's what we share. So if we're to represent Christ, we represent him as a whole, as a body, as a oneness. In Jesus' name. I'm closing now, honey. I know you thought I'd be up here a longer time. So get close to coming. Did I give my life? What's that, honey? Simply, Luke 2240 NIV. Pray that ye enter not into temptation. It's just that simple. It's just that simple. Prayer is access to God. When you're praying, you're believing. If you're believing, then you're hearing him. If you're hearing him, then you obey him. There's always that fork in the road. Since the beginning, you have decisions. You could either go this way or you can go that way. God doesn't want robots. He wants our free will. I would never want to force someone to love me. I want them to love me because they do. Not because I do things for them. Just love me for who I am and for who I show you I am. Just love me for that. That's how God is. God's not trying to make us different in the sense of, we're all different. He doesn't take, he, he's so awesome. I, I, I'm in awe at just the science of it. There's no one who's gonna ever have my thumbprint. My DNA is unique from anyone. Whether this generation disappears for the next 10,000 years and raises up another, no one's gonna have what I have. That's just how God made us so unique. But yet, our uniqueness as a whole body of Christ, he wants us to be that one, bring us together. So when we pray that you do not enter temptation, into temptation. Prayer, we need to pray more. We need to fast more. Fasting. Jesus Christ fasted for 40 days and here came temptation anyway. But he was able to resist in his weakness. He was able to resist an enemy. 
Was he hungry? In his weakness. Okay? But then God was right there with him in his weakness. But God, Jesus could be like, I got this. Yeah, I'm good. And he could have because he's Christ. But just to say, we don't do that because <laughs> we're still flesh. Yes, in Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Thank you, Lord. Um, that was my point I had to bring out. Awesome. Praise the Lord. Um, I had a long, I was, my husband's laughing at me. I was going throughout the house. I'm talking like this is the sermon I'm going to give. Is that 10 minutes, honey? He said, no, you're going to go longer than that. Is that 20 minutes, honey? No, you're going to, no. I said, I'm going to give it. And if I have it, any more left over, we'll go on to the next week. But I'm done. I'm done. Come on, let's give her a great big God bless you. You can rest upon your feet. You know, there's a couple of points I, I, I was like, just lay there for a minute. It was just awesome. She would let, She made me type up the schedule. Let me see the message. So, which is great. Um, but there, there's. I want to make sure that you heard. There's, there's two things that just hit me so hard. Mm-hmm. Anything that doesn't look like God, the enemy has access to. Yes. Amen. Yes. We got to go through our life. And make sure that our life looks like God. And those things that don't look like Christ, the enemy has access to. This scripture in John 8 and 44. Can you just go to John 8 and 44 for me? I want you to see this scripture one more time because I want to pray. And it says, you belong to your father, the devil talking to people who are judging him and coming at him to carry out your father's desires. So watch this. Just like God has his people carrying out his desires, the enemy has people carrying out his desires. Come on. And just like God has his kingdom family to pull you into righteousness, the enemy has his unrighteous family trying to pull you into unrighteousness trying to distract you with everything in the world except what God has called you to do. It says he was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. I love the scripture. For there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. I mean, I mean do, 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 do you see that? When the enemy lies, he speaks his native language. In other words, no matter how hard he tries, the truth is not in him. So when he says you're defeated, he's really telling you you're victorious. When he says that you're sick and you're going to die, he's really telling you that you got healed with Jesus stripes. Come on, you got to grab this word. And today we're going to pray that that word that Lady Ray spoke is just going to saturate your life. And this will be a week where you will grab hold to the word of God and know that everything the enemy has told you, he just speaking his native language. If he said, I'm going to make it, he just gave me a peek into the fact that I've already made it. Come on, I need you to get that. If he told me that God would never do anything for me, he just gave me a peek into the fact that God's going to do a lot for me. 
You know, my wife was getting this together. I went to an A, and I'm gonna be very transparent for two seconds, and we're gonna pray. I was at a leadership meeting this week. A friend of mine's a pastor of the church out in Delaware invited me out, and I was I didn't post anything. I was sending some pictures back to Pastor Rick and my wife, and I was like, you know, the church started 11 years ago, and the gentleman invited me. He says, "Listen, I think God wants you to come to this meeting." He said, it's going to be a blessing to you. I was like, man, it's all the way in Delaware. It's in the middle of the week. It's in the afternoon. But I felt the Holy Spirit that I needed to go. Yes. So I went to this. I went to it. It had about maybe 150, 200 pastors that were there. And man, I walked into this building. They're 11 years old. About 3,000 members. And the pastor was being super transparent. And they were worshiping God. And he was talking. And tears began to roll down my face. Because I kept hearing the enemy saying, yeah, I know God can do this, but he can't do this for you. Man, how, how many times have you heard the enemy say, yeah, God can do that, but he won't do it for you. Yeah, he'll heal cancer, but he won't heal you from cancer. Yeah, he'll bless somebody, but he won't do this for you. And I went home to my wife and I says, man, you know, while I'm there in my spirit, man, God was impregnating me with something awesome and great, but the enemy was talking. But when I read this scripture, <laughs> Glory. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. Come on, I'm telling you about me now. I'm not, I, I know you all are perfect and you got everything. But when, when I read this scripture and it told me that everything he says is a lie, that's his native language, I said, man, you just told me that God has something spectacular for me and you're intimidated that I'm on the right path about to accomplish the right thing for the kingdom of God. So today I want you to be encouraged that through this word that you find peace and you find rest. That God has something great for you. I want you to lift your hands up. I'm going to pray for everyone that says, Pastor, you know, I've been having some challenges with temptation. I've been having some challenges with making sure that my life lines up with everything that looks like God. Listen, he's not asking for perfect vessels. He's asking for yielded vessels. He's not asking you to be perfect. He's asking you to be yielded. And we're going to pray. And I want you to receive this prayer. There's a, there's a rumor going around that. We don't jump and shout here, but you can jump and you can shout and you can run and you can flip and you can do whatever the Holy Spirit leads you to do. Believe me. But I want you to lift those hands up and I want you to believe God as I pray and I want you to receive this. That today this word is going to be the turning point of something amazing in your life. That this word is going to be the beginning point of God doing something phenomenal in your life. And that every lie that the enemy has ever told you your testing points that he doesn't know how to tell the truth that he has to tell the opposite of who you really are how can he tell Eve you're going to be like God when she's already like God how can he tell you you're not going to make it when you've already made it <laughs> Father we thank you today that your word is true your word is everlasting your word cannot fail it is infallible we decree and declare that these people that are here today are victorious. That you have made us the head and not the tail. You have made us above and not beneath. And I thank you, God, that you have already given them the victory. 
are thinking of that they're already walking in righteousness, they're walking in purpose, and everything that you have planned for them, it shall come to pass. I thank you for stirring up every gift and every talent and everything that you have put in them. It shall be stirred up this season in the name of Jesus. They shall not fall victim to the desires and lusts of our flesh. Our obedience shall be stronger than our desires. Our obedience to you shall be stronger than our desires for the things of the world. Today we rededicate our lives to you. We say, God, we give our hearts to you. We give our minds to you. We give our spirits to you. We give our bodies to you. We ask today that you forgive us for using our mouths to lie. For using our bodies to lie against your word. But Father, we rededicate ourselves to you today. And we ask your Holy Spirit to go after everything in our life that does not look like God. Come on, can, can you pray that today? Come on, can you pray that? Go after everything in my life that does not look like God. Holy Spirit, I give you permission to invade my life and go after everything that doesn't sound like God, that doesn't look like God, that doesn't act like God, and I ask that you pull that down out of my life today. Come on, make this your prayer, come on. He said, are you gonna give me permission? Do I have permission to go after it today? Do I have permission today? Father, we decree this to be so. And we give you praise. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. If you believe it, come on, clap those hands and give Jesus. Come on, give Jesus a praise. Come on, if you believe it, it is sealed. Then give Jesus a praise. Hallelujah. Listen, before you take your seat, we're about to let you go. I want you to just tell two people around you. Tell them God has some amazing things for you. Tell them God has. Come on, tell somebody. God has some amazing. Thank you, Sister B. God has some amazing things. Take your seat for a minute. We're going to let you go. Hallelujah. How many people were blessed today? How many people were really blessed? Man, what an awesome word. What an awesome word. Hallelujah. Pastor Rick, we're going to make sure that gets uploaded to the cloud. It's going to be a blessing to you. Hallelujah. That you can be blessed. We want you to get stronger and stronger.